0: Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Do you believe that? Uh, Three of us do. Do you believe that? Okay. (laughs) Unbelief in the house of faith, right? No, that's right. Well, we're going to revisit, you know, do you think God's Word is inexhaustibly timeless? It is, isn't it? Uh, And we're going to revisit an old theme, and uh, as I worked through my study this week, I was really stumped. I wanted to plow ahead in the latter chapters of Luke, but God restrained me in my study as I said, Lord, what should I preach on? And uh, the Lord brought to my mind in my study uh, this little expression that we've said now for over two years, remember the little boy in his lunch, and the Lord kind of impressed me. Go back and reemphasize that again and drive the truth home in your own heart, Z. And in all of our hearts, it's like one a day, you know. It's not one and done. And so uh, we're going to, by God's uh, appointment, and leading in my own life and my puny thoughts, we're going to remember the boy and his lunch. I think it's important. It's a rallying cry, isn't it? I mean, uh, there was uh, one time uh, a, a great war going on, and people said, remember the what? Alamo. That's right. So you were there. Remember the Alamo? That was like, oh yeah, remember that? No, it was a rallying cry to do something. Uh, here's a, here's one. I'll test some of your your social studies. There's another one before World War One. Remember the Maine? Holy cow! We got how many? Wow! Great job. Oh, I did better on that than on Alamo. Remember the Maine? Most, most of you're like, what is that? Remember the boy in his lunch today? We as a church. Family, we stand at a historic moment. This is a historic moment. We don't have moments like this. Mostly it's just uh, we go forward with life and all of that and, and all the ups and downs and, and, and that. But here we are at a church at this interesting point in the life of our church, and God has led us through these years. And uh, some of you have scars to prove it, and <laughs> certainly I do. And eight days from today, uh, by the bank's schedule, if that follows through with their schedule, we are scheduled to have closing at the Sus- our bank, Susquehanna Bank, on Monday, September 30th, so we can begin to build a place of worship. We've called it a beachhead for the gospel. It's a it's minimalistic building. We want to replace the rental. We already got approval for the whole property for the major... Uh, Building up on the hill someday, if the Lord tarries, that's the vision for uh, really reaching this world, particularly our area, for the gospel. And God has allowed each one of us, He's put in our heart, He's put the vision in the heart of our leaders, and He's brought us to this point. He has done it, He has done it completely. I remember for years we prayed, Lord, give us a piece of land. And the, the men, we looked at maybe 8 or 10 or 12 land, pieces of land. One I, could, I still can't find. I, I was glad the Lord didn't have that. I was driving around the countryside in York County somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where it was. Uh, we thought one off Lamb's Gap, but that didn't seem to be. But we knew in our heart when God was in it, it would be a no-brainer. And God did that uh, when he gave us 325 Silver Springs Road, the, uh, the uh, old uh, Charlie Jones and Gloria Jones farm, farmette. And uh, what a great property. All we did pray all those years, may it be on a major thoroughfare, that the cross of Jesus could be raised, and all that drive by know that here's a people that love the Lord Jesus. And then God gave that to us. It was amazing. And we praise God for it. And that was this week, two years ago. How about that? Two years, almost the same sequence of time, two years ago at the bank, and uh, we closed on the property. And now here we are, and we thought it might have been a year. I remember Dave when we began to sit down and sketch. He said, this may be at least a couple years. And I go, like, oh, I hope not. But here we are, here we are on God's timetable. God is seldom early, but he's never late, and here we stand. That's why I say it's a historic moment. You know, they say in any group of people, about 10% of the people uh, make what happened happen under God's providence. Another 15% or so watch what's happening, but then about 70% or so have no idea what's happening. Now, we want you all to know what's happening so you can be engaged in this and not miss as we walk across the dry Red Sea, and you're looking at them and go like, God did that, so you remember, and you'll draw strength from that. And years to come, you'll go like, I was there at that point. Remember that? And God did that? And you'll tell your kids and your grandkids, and God did that for his glory among this little group of people. And that's where we are. Now, for us to close, the bank said you got two weeks to raise a large sum of money, $37,000. Now, who thinks that uh, God doesn't have that much money? Anybody? No, that's... Uh, <laughs> and it's not like D.C. where they just keep printing it. You, want, you need money? I'll print <laughs> God owns everything. The cattle on a thousand hills. Your breath, your life, every asset you have is all His. In Him we live, move, and have our being, my Bible says. It seems nearly impossible for us to do that. Yet, yet, as I said earlier in the Bible, God seems to delight in taking that which is small, insignificant, and he uses us, uh, his people, in a mighty way. Why? So that he alone gets the glory. And it's not us trying to rob some of that from him. And so God delights in that. Let's be encouraged by a reminder this morning of the boy in his lunch remembering what the the Lord was able to do. Now, where are we in the context of Jesus' ministry? In Luke, take your Bible, look at Luke 9. We're going to look at verses 10 to 17. You should know that Jesus has reached the the zenith of his public ministry. Um, He has uh, over 20,000 people rushing to be with him, near him, in Galilee. He's teaching them the kingdom of God, that is the gospel. He's healing all that are sick. He's having compassion on the, on the common person. Jesus loves the common people. I love Abraham Lincoln. He always said, God must love the common person. He made so many of us. And here's the Lord Jesus. You know, the highfalutin, you know, if, you know there were some. Not many wise, not many wealthy, but, you know, the, the rest of us, right? I love that. Welcome home. I'm among uh, my kin here. I love that about the church. And here the Lord is in our text in Luke 9. He's, uh, it's the last great Galilean miracle. This is the only miracle save the resurrection. And that's a little bit different uh, mechanics with that. This is the only miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, that appears in all of the four Gospels. And it's like the Lord saying, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. You ever notice how we need that repetitiveness? You know, my father used to do that in the morning he'd cut the grass Saturday morning. And then he'd say, maybe again Friday, don't, don't cut the grass Saturday morning. You know, like uh, he knew his son could easily be doing something else rather than cut the grass Saturday morning. And so it's like the Lord saying, don't miss this. This is a great miracle. It has great implication that I am great and you are not. And look to me to meet your every need. And I can do things that will just amaze you. Walk by faith. Trust me. I will provide. Jehovah Jireh. Father, where is the lamp? The Lord himself will provide it. There in Genesis 22 on Mount Moriah with, with Abraham and Isaac. Well, uh, the Lord is healing all the sick. Compassion for the common man. It's getting late. People are hungry now. And Jesus used this occasion to do his greatest public miracle. I say that, it's the greatest, because it had the most people there, right? Uh, I mean, he healed lepers, but there were small little groups, right? Here, 20,000. How do we know that? Because 5,000 men, assuming many of them had wives and they had 2.4 children, easily got 20,000 people, right? They're in Bethsaida. So let's read our text in in Luke uh, chapter 9, Verse 10 uh, to uh, uh, verse uh, 17. And on their return, that is, they went out two by two. Remember that? And they ministered uh, for the Lord. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Beseda is a little city on northern Sea of Galilee, not too far from Capernaum, and they went there to do a little R&R. You like to get away, a little bit, a little R&R? That's why they went there. They were tired from a busy ministry going into the countryside and preaching and doing the work of the gospel. Verse 11, when the crowds learned it, I mean, the rumor mill spread, Jesus is here. Wow. They followed him, and he welcomed them, and he spoke to them the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away and go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and to get provision, for we are here in a desolate place. Let them go and go into Burger King. They need to eat, Wendy's, somewhere, a grocery store. But Jesus said to them, and it's emphatic here in the Greek, You, you, he says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. And they, you can look at them, they're kind of dumbfounded now. They're looking at each other. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we have no more than five loaves of bread and two fish And unless we go and buy food for these people. For there were about 5,000 men. That's why I say 20,000 maybe total. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, they were the boys, uh, we know from John's account, the little boy in his lunch that Philip found, he looked up in the heaven and he said, Jesus gives thanks. He blesses over the five loaves and the two fish. Thank you, Father, for this. And then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and he kept breaking, is the sense in the original, breaking and breaking and breaking the bread and the fish, and it was plenteous, 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 kept coming, and they all ate, verse 17, and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. Well, there are, as I say in this Brief little account, remembering the boy and his lunch, at least seven lessons, short lessons. We're going to move through them rather quickly as we watch Jesus satisfy the hunger of men and women. Because he does it not only physically, but he does it even more important. Spiritually, he fills us with a deep satisfaction of himself in this thing called salvation. That we sing, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul far more important than even the physical necessities for you see very little is more than enough if Jesus is in it well the first lesson is be encouraged be encouraged first of all Jesus never turned anyone ever away who came to him never all who come unto him he receives Jesus and the twelve disciples they were exhausted from ministry came to Pasadena for a rest, they were people tired. Some of you don't work with people, you work with machines, and you work with other things, and, and there's a tiredness with that. Uh, those of us that work with people, teachers, uh, medical stuff, and physical stuff, things like that, with people, there's a sense of people tired that uh, just pulls it right out of your soul. You, you love people, but you're just, they can just suck the life out of you. And I read that, and I understand that, and they're exhausted. And yet Jesus, uh, the, the, when the crowds found him, he welcomed them. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful picture of the Lord saying. Come unto me, all you who labor and heavy labor, and I will give you rest. And he welcomes them. He ministers to their need. He heals them. He teaches them of the gospel, the kingdom of God. He didn't put out a sign. I'm sorry, no miracles today. Tuesday through Friday, eight to five. You know, those are my office hours. <laughs> sometimes, like what, eight five o'clock? They went home early. It's five to five. They won't answer the phone. <laughs> and he's exhausted. And what a what a picture of uh, of God, the heart of God, welcoming welcoming each one of you to him at any time of the day when you're weary and tired or scared and afraid and at, at the end of it, you drop by in the middle of the night your side of your bed and you look at him, he welcomes you. Come, come, come. Come in it. to see Jesus, is to see the face of God. We know that from Hebrews 1. The crowds found him, and he welcomes them, he heals them. And and it's the picture of God's great love for men and women. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a great verse. I I once was uh, reading one of the great old preachers, he was on his deathbed, and they said, after you've studied the Word and ministered all these years. That, what is what's your favorite verse in all the bible and he's laying there almost one foot in heaven and he he quoted John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son I go like wow it, you know it's back to the basics always isn't it back to it and back to it God loves you and he loves me and he loves us to this degree well be encouraged he never turned away anyone his door is always open. Always come to him, run to him. The second lesson we see is be careful. In verses 12 to 13, don't look at life's many problems with eyes that only see human resources. Be careful. Don't act as though we are men and women without God, that we're materialist or we're naturalist. Uh, only the here and only the now and only what I can figure out with my little pea brain. Resist that. Resist it. I know we relate to flesh and blood and things. There's a wall and a window and grass, trees and this and that, but there's so much more beyond it. Yes, Lewis said, the longer I live, the more I realize the spiritual realm is the reality. The physical is the illusion. I think he's right in that. Don't live as men and women that only see the physical and what you can add and count up. You think the Israelites, when they went into Sinai, ended up being there 40 years, could have figured out before they left Egypt? Well, how are we going to eat in the desert? I'm, I think I'm going to stay in Egypt because I, I haven't seen the plan yet. And I certainly there's no, uh, there's no wagmans out there and there's no giant markets and certainly no Burger Kings. I, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to sign that. God met their need all the way through. He carried them. And they could not have figured it out till they took one step into that now dry Red Sea. Don't act as men and women without God. Strangely, the disciples, and they use a command here. It's an imperative. They command Jesus to send the people away so that they can eat and find lodging. Now the, the, it's fun to read the writers here on this the commentary. They wonder if it was the disciples that were really hungry, and kick them out of here so we can eat, you know, kind of a thing. I know that you've never thought that ever, 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 but and we really don't know. See, and we can't judge motive, but uh, wrap this thing up so we can have a pizza, Lord, please, you know, something like that. But we we don't know. But to their credit, they did see the problem, and their concern was for their need. When in most time, most people, us at times, are too self-focused and centered that we don't even see the needs of people around us. We're like oblivious. We walk down uh, through life, walking around like I'm okay, we, and we don't look around us to be the blessing and help that we ought to be. And to their credit, they looked at, these people are getting hungry. They need to find a place to eat and a place to sleep. And so, but their solution was limited to their own abilities. And such, there were only a few options, right? Send them to the nearby town, let them go into the giant market down there at Beseda. and uh, <laughs> 20,000. How'd you like to have 20,000 people show up for dinner? <laughs> have you ever planned for a big banquet? My David was down in Atlanta, my son was down there. His brother-in-law, Mandy's brother, was getting married. He got married yesterday. And it was kind of dicey because it was an outdoor wedding with no plan B. And it was raining cats and dogs down in Atlanta. And they were like, <laughs> what are we going to do? And finally the clouds broke, got in, and they had the wedding outside. And then they quick hustled inside to the reception. And they had a great meal and all that. And they, you know how it is. You got 80, 100, 200 at the wedding. And planning for that, you know. I remember planning for a wedding. all the detail. How would you like How'd you like to plan for $20,000? how would you like 20000 to show up and you didn't even know they were coming? I bet that cleaned out your closets, right? And everything you had, right? <laughs> and that's what's going on here. Send them into the nearby town. Wow. You know, so they're only, they're pulling out their, cal- here, Philip and the other text in this parallel account pulls out his calculator. He's figuring out it's going to take eight months of, of money to pay for this this is an incredible amount of money. They're trying to figure out a human solution using their own wherefores. They had, and, and they, let me say, they had already forgot their recent internship where they had gone out two by two. They didn't take anything with them on that ministry, and God provided all their needs. They had already forgotten that. And isn't that like us? God does such great things in our life, and we act like stupid, stupefied. I, 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 I'm not sure what. I mean, it's like, all right, God's brought us to this point. Now we've got this huge thing here, and are like, oh, God's forgotten us. We're in trouble. You know, like, who do you think's brought us to this point? And we, we forget. And even those of us that journal and have a prayer book and write in it, we go like, oh, this is too big. God can't handle this one. Oh, oh, oh. you know, and we're counting. We take our, it's, it's higher mass, so we take our shoe off, and we're even counting our toes, right? They're like, oh, this is good. This is too big too big, medically, financially, too big, too big, too big, and the the disciples were the same. They had spiritual amnesia. That's so much our problem. We forget all that God has done. The 12 only looked down on their difficulties when they should have looked up. Notice that? They're looking down. They should have been looking up. They just came off an itinerant ministry two by two, didn't take anything with them, and they didn't starve. And I dare say, they didn't miss a meal. And you're like, oh, no, this is, oh, my. And we're, we're like that at church. Here we are at this point. God's brought us to this point as a church. And we're like, I wonder if God's forgotten us now. Oh, this is too big. Well, you know, if, God, if this is too big for God, as a pastor, I want to know that now. Don't you? I sort of want to know that now. Like God is omnipotent, almighty. If He's not in this, if this is not His work, I sort of want to know that, because I have a great vision. The men have a great vision for reaching people for the gospel and being a blessing. And if God has another plan, I want to know that. I want to get in line and do what He wants us to do, and that's it. And here it is. The 12 only look down on the difficulties. Oh, the troubles I see. Oh, the troubles I see. And there are people like that all the time. Oh, moaning and groaning. Oh. oh. And then shame on you if you're a Christian and do that. You should be rejoicing in the Lord. Paul wrote that from prison. Rejoice in the Lord. Again I say, rejoice. That's the Spirit of God in you. It's not natural. It's God in us. And so here they are. They already forgot. They forgot that the Lord has infinite options. You know, we think in terms of, Lord, here's a problem. You pray like this, Lord, uh, you could answer it, A, you could do this. Uh, maybe B, here's another thought, Lord. You may, may have not had this thought. Or how about C? Mm, I think that's about covers it. <laughs> and the Lord delights in, uh, in answering prayer. And uh, I mean, if infinity are your options, and he wants to get all the glory, just imagine how he's able to answer prayer in little ways that you and I can even imagine. As we give and we give what we have, and we give to serve Jesus here and now, this is our day. And the Lord's able to bless and care and wants us to, he's more concerned with sanctification in our life than he is in building a building. The building is just a point for us to grow in a place to disciple people as a lighthouse. That's it. He's concerned with people. With you and me growing to be like Jesus. And if he can use a building, he'll definitely do that. The Lord has infinite options. So be careful. Don't look at life's many problems with eyes that only see the human resources. Here's the third lesson be aware. Be aware, without Jesus, you can't do very much. Now, Jesus commands the 12 to feed the hungry crowd, he commands them, he commands them to do the impossible. And at times, Jesus asks us to do the same thing. And it's, a remind, it's to remind us how small we really are. I mean, how big are we? When you think of the scope of the universe and the world, And I mean, we're barely, what, five feet, six feet, some of you are a little taller, six and a half, right? And our lifespan is a vapor, you know? And we stand on. How, how come we don't go, right, just like propel in outer space? Oh, gravity, oh, that's kind of neat. Centrifugal forces and, and the sunlight and, and like, wow. You know, if, we're, we're really puny, totally, utterly dependent on God for all things. It's amazing he's included us in this drama of redemption that will, it began at a point, will end in a point, and throughout all eternity we'll serve the Lord as his it's amazing be aware that without jesus we cannot do very much god provided for us in the past he can be trusted to provide for us again in the future and he will do so throughout life and throughout all eternity be aware of that well hey this was the, the the 12 their final exam for their internship I've had a number of interns through the year, and some spent 10 months, an academic year with me. I had 11 or 12 of those through the years, and then a lot of others I built in in part-time, apprenticeships, so on and so forth. And there's always a concluding oral exam. And I thought of that with this, that here's their final exam. They just came off the field. They're debriefed, and uh, the Lord throws them as an exam, kind of a blue book here. Hey, you feed them. And they, like, completely... Failed. You notice that? Got a carrot for them all those months out in the field in Galilee. They failed. F. F. They failed. And listen, I I got news for you that I have, failure is never final. But failure is a great teacher. You know, sometimes today we have what's called helicopter parenting. You know, like uh, my folks would never have done that. You know, uh, they had a lot of kids. Seven kids. I was second of seven. And a lot of days it was get home when the street lights on. And that was pretty obvious. It was right in front of our house. Now, not on a school night. School night you had to be in. You know, you know that. But Friday night, Saturday night, <laughs> and, and so on. And they ruined really it. Don't be running with the wrong crowd. Stay out of the river and get home when the street lights on. You know these kind of things. Like, like, wow. And today is kind of a it's a nuttier day than ever. I realize that. But it's the helicoptering parents where kids say, oh, no, we can't. I don't go in the backyard. The neighbor might be perverted. You know, like, oh, we can't go here. Can't ride a bike here. Can't. No, wait. Everything's indoor. Indoors. My mother threw us out. Get out of a house. You know, and helmets. We not, not wear a helmet, but helmet for riding. Like, that's crazy. Are you kidding? Get hot get, get out. Get going. You know, this kind of a thing. And uh, to think that my father's like, oh, no. You know, like, uh, we'd sweep out in the field for days down there and Occasionally, I saw him come walking down about midnight, scared the willies out of me, because he kind of, like, hey, there's so many standing over there. We were in these lean-to wood things. We had caught a bunch of snakes and frogs and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of way, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can do that today. I, I, really, I really don't. Uh, 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 but uh, uh, in any event, um, they failed. And, but failure is a great teacher, isn't it? I have learned a lot th- more through my failures than successes. I learned you stick your hand in an open, st- don't do that, maybe maybe one other time, are you stupid? Yeah, like, oh, that felt good. I learned a lot more than, hey, you got an A, hey, great job, and then you forget it all, right? But I learned when I fail, whoa, I don't think I'm going to do that again, right? Failure's a great teacher. They failed, but they were going to learn here, uh, reflecting on what they had just learned. They should have taken it, the knee directly to Jesus. That's the right answer. Well, Lord, how can we do that? You must supply the need. That's the answer. If you don't do it, you're the bread of life. We're, it's impossible. That should have been, hey, 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 there you go. Hey, hey, you passed the internship. That, only then can the impossible be possible, for Jesus himself said with God, all things are possible. And that was the occasion there, can a rich man be saved, Remember? Like, well, I guess they can't be saved. They love their things. They love every. They have no need of God, or so they think. Well, what is impossible with man is possible with God. For all things are possible with Him. So the disciples needed to head to summer school. Did you ever go to summer school? (laughs) Well, that's a (laughs) Michael. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bummer, really. I mean, summers are made for, and they might be a disappearing thing. Some of you are educators they're talking about no more summer school because you forget everything you learned from the previous academic year and then you gotta spend like two months doing, hey, remember we taught you this last year? No, it looks brand new. You know? <laughs> and some, but summer school in our day was like, hey, you didn't do well in math, you got six weeks, five days a week, and the friends are going down the memorial pool and you're going to school. That's, uh, they needed to go back to summer school. They still had not not yet learned to trust Jesus for all their needs. By now, they should have learned to expect the unexpected from Jesus. Last week, we saw in Hebrews 11, that wonderful verse, that, uh, that by faith it's impossible to please God, but they that come to him must believe that he is in his greatness and that he is the rewarder, he rewards those who diligently seek him and uh, they they still needed to learn that well be be aware without jesus we can do we can't do very much we're puny small frail and the options are quite limited the fourth lesson uh, as we watch jesus satisfy the hunger here of men and women be thrilled be thrilled i'm sure the crowd was for little becomes more than enough in the hands of jesus verse 13 I love this. And he said to them, you, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there was an enormous crowd of people. Well, all that was available was the five loaves and the two fish. And I've said last time, several years ago, probably perhaps the main sub-miracle of the thing is to get a boy's lunch. To me, that was the big point of a school day, you know, that in recess, in gym twice a week, right? But my lunch, don't touch my lunch. That's grounds for, I'll meet you at the flagpole, you know, that kind of thing. But the, the boy to give us lunch up, that's a big, not, I'm having fun here, but that may be a, a sub-miracle here. But because the point is what is totally insufficient, but in the master's hand becomes super-abundant. Uh, It's amazing how God takes that which is little and small and not enough, and he makes it more than enough. Well, I remind you, too, that Jesus didn't even need this lunch to feed them. It it, it is amazing, really. I mean, think about uh, a lot of your Old Testament there, numbers. What do you think they were eating during the day there? Manna. And there was no little boy's lunch. God just produced this thing every day, six days, and then twice as much on the one day for the Sabbath, and they ate, and they made little pastas and spaghettis, and and they made their bagels, and and all these kind of pizza pies from uh, the manna uh, that uh, God provided. Here, a little boy's lunch is given in the Lord. that there it is, he didn't eat it, but he uses it, he multiplies it, he's the son of God, he's God made flesh, and it becomes more than enough. Wow, every day, 40 years, God fed his people, and he continues to do that. In the Bible, we discover God's delight in taking, I've said it repeatedly now, the small, the outnumbered, the weak, and causing it to be more than enough for the need at hand. Think of a boy with a slingshot. Saul says to David, the boy, how can you go against this giant Goliath? You're but a boy. And what does David say? I was a shepherd in my father's field, and a bear came to me at night, and I slew him. That's pretty amazing. And another animal, and he said, and this Philistine will be the same, for the battle is the Lord's. And this boy, the boy David, runs down the hill to meet this giant of a man, probably great NBA prospect, nine feet six. If we use uh, the right cubic size, there, nine feet six, like this, wham, dropped him dead. And I often notice the children's storybooks don't include it. I've read it in my own kids. They go, hey, they, they, they never say that he chopped off the head and held it. <laughs> they sort of stop right at that point for good reason. <laughs> but remember the little boy against. Look at that. God, did, God did that. He directed that. Boom. Now, it wasn't like, wow, that was a good, boy, he's lucky. Well, he practiced a lot. What do you think a shepherd does all the time? Whoop, all day on the countryside, no one else around but the sheep. And uh, so we got, David got very good. And so think of the boy with the swing Think of the shepherd with a rod who has a stuttering problem, Moses. Now, what's that in your hand? What, the stick? Yeah, throw it on the ground. <laughs> he said, you're going to go before Pharaoh, the greatest king, the greatest nation of the world at that point, you are, and you're going to deliver my people. Tell them that God wants to meet His people. He's going to deliver it. Not me. He has a stuttering problem, if we understand it right. I'm not eloquent. Oh, man. And then uh, God made a condescension there. Allowed uh, Aaron. He spoke through Aaron, but God used on the backside of a desert. He married Midian's daughter, and now He's going to go and deliver... Millions of people from Egypt crossing the Reds. Amazing. God delights in taking that which is small and insignificant. And when their eyes are focused on him, he brings great joy to life. How about the boy in the lunch in our text? We mentioned Gideon. You got too many. Too many. Send them home. Wow. Be thrilled. How about the fifth gospel? Be amazed. As Jesus creates food from nothing for the people, in verses 14, 15, and 16a, as uh, he took the boys' lunch, uh, he had the people sit down in groups. It was organized, so it wasn't like a free-for-all running to the hot dog stand and people getting trampled. <laughs> you, know, you ever go to a ball game and try and get near the stand? Uh, at the seventh inning stretch, or at halftime if you're at football game. You can't even get near the stand. Have them sit down. It's organized. And they're going to watch and see what's all going on here. And and, and what does Jesus do? He gives thanks uh, to his Father uh, for the food. Um, And uh, as well as you and I should do that. We should always thank God for what we eat and drink. You ought to do that uh, every time you eat it. It's not because uh, uh, God doesn't know you're thankful, but you need to remind yourself everything you put in your mouth is from God. I mean, we have such spiritual Alzheimer's, we just sort of, we just, I don't, I don't know, we're just, we walk through life like zombies, I think, sometimes. Oh, Lord, thank you again for, for everything you give me to eat and drink. I, I don't even know where this stuff comes from. And if it were up to me to grow it, plant it, uh, cultivate it, or raise it, I'd be in deep trouble. I'd be out there eating nuts or something out of that walnut tree or something that fell on my lawn. I'd be in trouble. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Why? We need that. We need- and the Lord illustrates that wonderfully. He gives thank- He looks up. He blesses, uh, he th- it means he gives thanks to uh, his father for the food. And uh, as he holds the bread and the fish in his hands, he begins to distribute them to the disciples. And as he's breaking, the, the tenses, he's breaking the bread, he's breaking, the, breaking apart the fish, it, it continued to be there, continued to be there, and they And the disciples are there now helping to distribute and pass out the food to all the thousands uh, that are there. And... Uh, and uh, all are, uh, are, are going to eat now and I remind you, be amazed, Jesus creates food from nothing uh, for the people. Uh, uh, remind, I just remind you, He fed them with fish that never swam in any water. I mean, He fed them with, with bread that never grew as grain in any field. That's the God we worship. And, and that's a picture, if you wonder, on the early chapters of Genesis Uh, that's how God created with the breath of his mouth he creates the heavens and the earth and everything in them ex nihilo from nothing now when we build something we usually go down to Home Depot or Lowe's or somewhere and we get a stack of two by fours and some nails and screws and get our tools and equipment and this and that and we get it all lined up and and then we begin to we draw a plan or hopefully we had our plan first before we went down there and then and then we start God creates from nothing that's the glory and the greatness of god that the scriptures present from cover to cover he spoke the word in the creation amazing let that sink in the reality of of his greatness and his power and he's feeding thousands of people from fish that never swam from bread that never, from grain that never grew never and do you remember, this is similar, this isn't the first time, remember the wedding at the Feast of Canaan, they ran out of wine, right? And the, that was a big problem culturally in that day. And so the Lord uh, had them fill the big water jars with water, and uh, they didn't do a tap dance or voodoo or say some magic words uh, because of uh, trying to save embarrassment. And uh, they, the master drew the water out, and he tasted it, and he said, this is the very best wine i have we've had why do you save this to the end usually you serve the very and whatever he does is the best and from water he makes wine from you see that's that's god that's the god of the glory that's what we worship we're puny small and frail and utterly dependent and only a moment here and part of this whole theme of redemption history we look forward to going and being with jesus but for here and now we want to live for him as he puts that in our hearts so i say be amazed he creates food from nothing god spoke the power of god is truly amazing it's not like you're my puny little power and effort we have almost none it seems number six lesson be involved jesus used uh, the disciples and he uses us to help pass out the bread of life in verse 16b we see this jesus could have merely fed them all at once could have spoke the word okay all be filled you're all full hey uh, boy i didn't even eat that that was good <laughs> could, have, could have happened right could have satiated their appetite and they're not hungry at all uh, or he could have simply had a buffet we like americans love buffets you know, what I don't I don't care for them because I tend to eat too much. You know, like, okay, this is 995. I'm gonna get $18 worth of food here. <laughs> and I hope they're in business next week, you know. No going at a buffet. But what did he do? He said, had him sit down, then he got the twelve. He's gonna teach them the glory of himself and the power of God, and that they should always look to him, always look to Jesus, always look to him that he would get all the glory. And so uh, they come, and uh, the twelve help distribute the food, and as he's breaking it, it's multiplying, it's never running out. Reminds me of the widow, remember? With Elisha, and, the, and get the vessels and the oil. Get all, Don't get a few, get as many as you can, the oil. And then finally when the oil... It, it, amazing, that's, that's our God. That's the God of the Word. It's a wonderful, wonderful... today. Today, God wants us to carry his gospel to those who are lost. And that's what grace is all about. We're not an end in itself. We're, we're a mass unit, a mobile army surgical hospital for the gospel. We come, we worship, we disciple. It's a community of people. What? That are looking out to create relationships, friendships, and to make a difference, to love God and to, and to serve the city. And to make a difference in the hearts and lives of people. And bear in our f- in our lives, the gospel of Jesus, that people will come. To, that's the only reason we exist. The Lord could have just, you know, across the sky, trust Jesus today, or, but he, he uses us. And today we can, I mean, in heaven you won't be evangelizing. There's no street meetings, there's no track passing, because everyone there will know Jesus and worship him. But today is the day. Today. Wow. And so be involved. The last lesson, be satisfied. Look at verse seventeen. I, I, I love this, and I've underlined this. Verse seventeen, and they all ate. That's twenty thousand unexpected people showed up for dinner. They all ate and were satisfied. Don't you love being satisfied? Sometimes faith they'll put out the dog. I don't know why we say dog. If you if you understand that expression, tell me that. Because I sure hope you didn't eat Fido, or somebody ate him. But uh, put out the, I mean, she'll put a spread out, and it's incredible. And we go like, wow, that's the last meal, and I ate too much. And you go like, oh, that was so, where's the coffee? You've got to wash it down with a good cup of coffee. They ate, and they were satisfied. In a much greater way. They all ate here, and their tummies were full, and They were satisfied. But there's much more going on here. You mean Jesus alone satisfies our hearts. Satisfaction. You know that song in the 60s, it was a song, uh, song of the year for two years in a row. I learned to play it a little bit on my guitar back then. I don't get no what? Satisfaction. You remember that. see? Some of you. Uh, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried. I used to scream at my mother, please stop trying. You know? <laughs> Jesus alone satisfies folks. I don't know what you think, Will. It's not a person. If you're married, it's not your spouse. And if you're a parent, it's not your kids. There's a place and a joy in that. But it's it's Jesus alone satisfies. As a deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Jesus alone satisfies. Through the ups and the downs and the valleys, he meets our needs physically, but much more the cravings of our heart for God has made us for himself. And until we find that, we are lost. And it's a day-to-day thing. I wake up every day and I go, Lord, my heart's out of tune again. I don't, I don't know what happens during the night hour. It just goes, uh, goes out of tune. Lord, uh, uh, bring me back into tune again. Lead me not into sin. I could sin again. Lord, help me. Frail, weak prone to temptation, lead me not into temptation. Oh, may I be so satisfied with you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. And that's, that's what he does. And the most obvious meaning of this whole miracle is that God will provide. He will provide. He'll provide for you. He's provided for you at the cross if you're not saved. He'll provide for us of a church, and His timing is perfect. He's, never, he's seldom early but never late. We need to remember this because we're so prone to forget. Our very limitations can display the glory and grace of Jesus whenever he does what we are unable to do. Second Corinthians 12, 9, his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And every time God meets our need, we should savor the abundance of his provision so that next time, I'm sorry to tell you, there's going to be a next time, a need that comes before us in our life, our family, we don't forget to trust only Him, and not be like the disciples who only look down at the problem, but be like Jesus who looked up to His Father for the solution. In contrast to to His 12 disciples, who were only looking at the difficulties of their situation. And there are people like that. Whoa, we got this problem. Whoa, we got that problem. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, life is filled with obstacles and problems. Have you noticed that? Very few days it's, it's clear and wide open. Like a running back going through the line. Hey, it opened up. There it is. Then you get hit by the linebacker. You get put down. Very so most of his problem. And they were the twelve were only looking at the problems of their situation. Jesus looked to his father in heaven, he turned his eyes to his father in total dependence on him and that's what he wants from us well what can we say lessons for life you have them on your sheet have you learned number one have you learned have you really learned to depend upon Jesus for everything can I remind you you stand on his planet this is not yours (laughs) this is not this blue spear moving at incredible speeds through outer space it's not yours say yeah I bought the land they have my name on the deed That's not yours. The birds that were there before and they'll be there after you were there, come and nest in the tree and sit on the ridge. They think it belongs to them because their father feeds them. It's it's not yours. This is, uh, and we breathe God's air? I'm glad they haven't figured out a way to tax that yet. Hey, Zabal, you're sucking a lot of air there, buddy. Send a check into the local tax. Stephen, I hope they don't ever figure that one out, right? (laughs) Uh, We breathe God's air. They already figured out how to charge us for God's water. You know, like, oh, I'm sorry. You know. No, no, they don't say that, do they? They don't say, I'm sorry. You know, uh, Pennsylvania American, they just send me a bill every month. We figure use that much. You know, we got a meter. You know, know, but it's God's water, right? And God sends the rain. That's amazing. They figured out how to. That's God's. It's all God's. Uh, have you learned to depend upon Jesus for every? He, he is great, and you're so small and puny. I urge you with everything in look to him to meet your every need. Look unto Jesus. Look unto him. Look unto Jesus. Psalm 121, that wonderful verse. Well, most of us learn Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But how about Psalm 121? The Lord is my keeper. I love that. He keeps me. I need somebody to keep me. You should see me without faith around. I'm a disaster on domestic things like that. And And in a greater way, the Lord keeps us for His glory. Number two, today God wants you to carry the bread of life to someone you know. That's the gospel. Now, He could save people without your help, and He will if you don't involve yourself, but He calls us to tell others about Jesus. By life and by voice, at some time you have to say, "Have you come to Christ? Do you, do you, have you ever, has anyone ever shared with you the wonderful news that Christ died to save sinful men and women? Will you do this? Perhaps you may want to get involved with our "My Hope America" program. We have about 11 homes now that uh, the end of October and end of November,'re going to invite friends and family in for a party to show a DVD uh, that, that in 30 minutes, wonderfully shows the gospel. In fact, we may do that here on a Sunday morning and invite you to bring your friends here, and we'll show that as, as our, during our worship time, and you'll be amazed at that well done. God wants us to use us to, to carry the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, it is the power and the salvation of everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile. It is the great news. That's what the word gospel needs that uh, we can be right with, with God and have a home in heaven and serve the Lord and find the joy and satisfaction in walking with Jesus today. Number three, please pray for God's provision as we receive our building fund offerings today and next Sunday. Humanly, it's impossible, but really, that's a good place to be. It is. Then we'll can we say, we'll never look at it and say, well, it's a bullseye, you figured it out. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I, God's got to do it or it's not going to be. So, uh, and, and God has a way of honoring that as we trust him. God must provide this great sum of money. Uh, he is the God of the impossible. Each of us should give ourselves first to the Lord and then what he lays on our heart. Lord, what is it that you want me to give in this? And he'll direct you in that. And the Bible teaches there should be equal sacrifice all of us are at different places and different levels in life, but equal, uh, uh, it should be equal sacrifice, even though it's unequal giving. Some of you can give $5 to this, and, and that's a sacrifice. Some of you can give much more than that, and that would be a sacrifice. You see, equal sacrifice, unequal giving, depending on our place and station in life as we give our gifts to Jesus. May he receive all the glory in that for what he's about to do. Today is our day to stand. I invite you to stand and trust him and focus your eyes on Jesus. Number four and last, perhaps you're here today just to hear my first point here. And that is that Jesus never turned anyone away. Never. And I ask you, if you've never received Christ the Lord as your Savior, there's a welcome sign out. Come today. Come unto him. You can pray a simple prayer of of sinner's prayer. It's called... And just, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinful man or woman. I deserve to die, but I come to understand the love of God, that, that Christ died to pay the price for my sin. I receive you as my Lord and as my God. I will live for you forever. Thank you for dying in my place. A sinner's prayer like that. And Jesus will welcome you, and he'll welcome your loved ones as you echo that and urge them to come to faith in Jesus, he will save all. Don't try and clean up your life, come just as you are. He'll take care of that, he'll come. Pray that the grace of God opens your heart and you'll come. And so I say, remember the boy, remember his lunch, remember the five loaves and the two fish and the 12 baskets of crumbs that were left over. You figure that one out, do the math. You do the math. Greg, what about that? I I, I don't know. All these math guys. Taylor was a math major. That's right. uh, And the main lesson, here's here's the main lesson of the whole thing. You say, what is it, what is it, Pastor, you're trying to say today? Here it is. All we really need is Jesus. That's the bottom line. All we really need is Jesus. Let's stand and be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for the reminder from this little boy. We all know the account. Drive home these truths deeply into our heart. Use us for your glory's sake. Remind us over and over today that all, all, all that we really need is Jesus. Use us for your glory's sake, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.